With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Diversion Podcasts. Or they say you'll never get the exposure. Like I said, well, you know, it's a challenge. Yeah, all right. Can't ever get the exposure. Watch. I'm going to get it. I'm going to put a little man on the map. And uh, that's the type of person I am. Somebody says I can't do something. I want to go out and do it on purpose. And do it at an unbelievable rate. I don't want to clear it. I don't want to just get over the obstacle. I want to totally clear it. It was a crisp late afternoon in the fall of 2020, and the men who had coached Kobe Bryant during his senior year at Lower Merion High School back in 1996 had come together for a little reunion of sorts. There was pizza, there was good beer, some juicy IPAs, and there were a lot of memories, and there was a lot of reminiscing. I would say that it was the most incredible coaching staff ever, only because we were young, we were relatively new at like high level stuff like this and it was just fun. There were four coaches and me. I had arranged this meeting so they could jog each other's memories and share some anecdotes about Kobe's high school career, especially his senior year. All of us were sitting around a table on Greg Downer's back porch. Greg is still the head boys basketball coach at Lower Marion. He was hired in 1990 and has been there ever since. In 1995, when he was just 33 years old, he created a staff of assistants really for the specific purpose of coaching Kobe Bryant. Downer knew what he had in Kobe, and he knew what kind of attention Kobe would draw from opponents, from the media, from everywhere. So he did a really smart, really innovative thing. He brought on four assistants, and each coach would have his own specialized role. Mike Egan, who had been a college coach in Delaware, was already on board as Lower Marion's defensive coordinator. Downer's older brother, Drew, had a way of talking to people, even teenagers, that put them at ease. So he would be the team's amateur sports psychologist. Jimmy Kaiserman was 26 at the time, had played Division I ball at Miami University and at Ryder, and had played professionally in Israel. He was quick, he was tough, he could dunk. And he saw a news report about Kobe one night and called up Greg Downer, volunteering to help in any way he could. He became Kobe's foil, guarding and harassing him every day at practice. Jeremy Treatman would be the team's media relations coordinator. He'd take care of all the interview requests, the reporters, the outside noise. And Greg would oversee the whole operation. All this, basically, because of one 17-year-old kid. Because of Kobe. Now, 25 years later, they were back together again. Kaiserman couldn't make it to the reunion, but the other four could. Oh. Almost forgot. There was one other person there, too. Bryn Downer, Greg's daughter, who was seven years old at the time. You know, I think, I'd like to think I don't really have an ego, and 
I mean, I used to lay awake at night wondering if we were going to score baskets. You know, literally when we first started, and yeah, you know we were giving up too many points. And is this pre we were, Is this with or without Kobe? Before him. I was going to say, if you were laying awake at night wondering if you were going to score when you had Kobe, no, you had problems. Before ninety-two, <laughs> he definitely has problems. Before, before Kobe. Oh, oh, when you first got the job. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I, I before Kobe. I'm Mike Sealski, and from Diversion Podcasts, this is I Am Kobe. I love watch me, watch me, watch me, create myself. Track clock, time's up, create yourself. Lay nice, go hard, create yourself. Gotta learn from the great minds. No, we ain't lying, tell them that it's game time. Episode 4. Phenom of Philly. Before Kobe, the Lower Marion Aces didn't have much of a basketball program. Before Kobe, their uniforms were often mismatched. A kid would be wearing a tank top with number 45 on the back, but his shorts said number 21. Before Kobe, the Aces lost the game 54 to 13. And because they had so few players to begin with, and so many of those players had fouled out, they finished the game with just four on the floor. They were a team that nobody paid much attention to, even in the halls of the high school itself. Lower Marion Township, generally speaking, is a pretty posh area. And the most popular sports at the school in the late 1980s were the ones you'd expect to be popular at that kind of school. Soccer, lacrosse, football. Then, in 1990, Greg Downer came, and the basketball team got a little better. Then, in 1992, Kobe Bryant came along, and by the start of his senior year, his coaches knew they had the best high school basketball player in America on their team. They just had to figure out how to make the most of it. The Kaiserman thing was cool. I remember when Greg called me, he's like, I got this guy, he's going to coach with us. He played at Miami. I was like, how the hell did you get that guy? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's ingenious. It really is. Because we knew there's no one on our team that can cover Kobe. The ball's going to be in Kobe's hands. We're not going to overthink it. Mm. We're not going to put in the Princeton offense. <laughs> Right. You know, yeah. You're going to have to deal with this kid all night. The ball's going to be his hand. We're going to set up our defense, pressure, and like, and we're not going to overthink it. We're going to let him play. We may not have realized it at the time, but you know, we did get along, and maybe the role definition was good. But I think there was maybe a part of us that was thinking like, uh, this is like a one-shot deal. Let's not screw it up. Mm. You know, let's not screw it up with like bickering or right. You know, like. You're, you're going to get one crack at Kobe Bryant. I, I don't think any of us expected another player quite like him. Mm-hmm. Once the Bryant family moved back to the United States, it didn't take long for Greg Downer to hear the rumors about this amazing eighth-grade basketball player at Ballack-Kinwood Middle School. But Downer also knew that Dr. George Smith, Kobe's coach at Balla, ran a tight ship 
and didn't let any of his players, no matter how good they were, show off their individual talents. So Downer went to a ballot practice to check out Kobe for himself, to get a sense of how good this kid really was. What he saw blew him away. Well, I couldn't believe that somebody at the tender age of 13 was, was that advanced with their skills. Um, invited him to a practice with my current varsity, and you know he was more than holding his own. And uh, at six foot two, 140 pounds, I knew that he was going to get nothing but bigger. But his foundation at, at such a young age was was really solid. Good shooter, good passer, good intellect. And uh, my mind started racing pretty quickly as to uh, what he could be down the road. And my initial impression was certainly that I, I very easily could have something very special and, and unique on my hands. If Kobe had been a high school phenom these days, he probably would have transferred to a well-known basketball school like Monteverde Academy or IMG Academy in Florida a place that produces top-notch athletes like a factory produces sports cars. Back in the early 1990s, though, things were a little different. Downer was more worried that a private school in the Philadelphia area might recruit Kobe, and a few of them did. So he took a big step toward making sure Kobe wanted to stay at Lower Merrimack. Downer knew that Joe Bryant was coaching girls basketball at Akiba Hebrew Academy, and the two of them had hit it off when they met. So Downer hired Joe to be Lower Marion's junior varsity boys coach. It was a pretty smart idea. Joe was a former NBA player, and he had some coaching experience. And really, was Kobe going to transfer away from the school where his dad coached? I think there was uh, the the salesmanship to keep him at Lower Marion to convince the the, the parents that, that I was the right guy for the job and that that public education could could accomplish what Kobe needed. Um, you know, there, there definitely was a paranoia that he would drift off to uh, one of the Catholic schools where somebody would swoop in and try to take him. The funny part is, Downer never really had to worry about that. Kobe took kind of an old-school approach to his early career. He stayed and played for his local hometown high school. His parents could see him play. His friends could see him play. His community could see him play and rally around him and the team. I always liked that aspect of him and his career. It showed loyalty. Here he is talking to Jeremy Treatment about it. I knew that little man was the right spot for me. Even when I was in eighth grade, I really didn't know Coach Downer that well. But the simple fact that he accepted me when I was in eighth grade, coming to a school to practice with his team, and allowed me to stay after practice and work on my game. I knew there was no other place. Plus, my two sisters were there. So there was never any truth to that, to those rumors going around. Never. Uh, I knew the truth. My father, my family, and coach knew the truth. They knew I was going to win. When I was in eighth grade, I know I was contacted a lot by a whole bunch of schools. But I just wanted to go to Little Man because my sisters were there. We're always a tight family. But even in the years after that, 11th grade, Roman was calling, uh, Episcopal, uh, Germantown Academy. They are in trouble my father. And uh, they said, I want your son to come to school. I think it'd be great for him and saying all this stuff. My father was listening, but at the same time, he knew I was happy at Little Man. He knew I wouldn't want to leave. 
Kobe didn't quite have to resurrect the basketball program when he got to Lower Merion. The Aces had made the district playoffs the year before. Under Downer's coaching, it looked like they were getting better. And it didn't take long for them to see how much talent the new freshman had and how much he liked to flaunt it. Here's Kobe's teammate from Lower Merion, Guy Stewart. His freshman year, I mean, when he came in, you could just you could kind of see he was different. It wasn't your typical freshman that came in. I mean, he was, you know, 6'3 at this time and probably weighed, uh, you know, 105 pounds. But you could just see the way he moved on the court and he understood the game that he was going to be different. Now, at that time, it was just he was going to be a different type of player. You know, he could have just been a great high school player and went on to play college and then that was it, right? But, like, you think of... You know, his dad being in the NBA, and you know, him being tall and his sisters were tall. You know, you were like, OK, this, you know, he could he could be something. He, he shot a lot, you know, his freshman year. Um, but, you know, that was to be expected because we, you know, we weren't as good as we, we should have been. Oh, they weren't good, period. The Aces went four and 20 in Kobe's freshman season. It seems impossible to go four and 20 when you have Kobe Bryant on your roster. But as Stewart said, Kobe shot a lot. In fact, he shot too much, and his teammates resented him for it. There were also a bunch of injuries to key players, including to Kobe. He fractured his kneecap and missed the season's final few weeks. But everything brightened up for him his sophomore year, when Jermaine Griffin who had grown up in Queens, New York, transferred into Lower Merion and joined the basketball team. The two of them were among the relatively few black students in the school, and they connected immediately over their love of basketball and rap music. Better yet for the Aces, Griffin was the perfect complement to Kobe on the court. He was smart, tough, played tenacious defense, and didn't need to shoot the ball often to help the team win games. Lower Marion went 16-6 in Kobe's sophomore year and reached the second round of the district playoffs. And there was no doubt any longer that Kobe was there to stay. It was like Jermaine was the savior. Because for him to come to Lower Marion at the right time, it was like, man, where does this guy come from? He came at the right time. Right place at the right time. He's just a great fella. Because he's someone that I can relate to in the basketball team. Someone I'm comfortable. So after he came, I really knew I was going in There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, this is Mike Sealski, host and writer of I Am Kobe. This podcast project came out of my work on a related book called The Rise, Kobe Bryant and the Pursuit of Immortality. 
If you want to explore other parts of Kobe's story, check out The Rise. It's not just a book version of the podcast. I dive deeper into some of the topics covered in this series, and even some that we don't cover at all. Kobe's upbringing, his family, his identity, his effect on his friends and teammates, his journey into the NBA, and his earliest days with the Lakers. The Rise, Kobe Bryant and the Pursuit of Immortality is out now. Just head over to theriseofkobebook.com and you can buy it from any of your favorite retailers. That's theriseofkobebook.com. Thanks. So Kobe was entrenched at Lower Marion, but Joe spent just one year as the JV coach before he got a better opportunity at a familiar place, his alma mater, LaSalle University. The head coach there, Speedy Morris, needed to fill an opening for an assistant, and one of his friends recommended Joe for the job. The hire made sense. LaSalle was a small college in the North Philadelphia neighborhood of Olney, but it had a strong basketball program for years. Under Morris, the LaSalle Explorers had made the NCAA tournament four times in the previous six years. One season, they went 30-2 and two and nearly reached the Sweet 16. And LaSalle had a tradition of recruiting and getting the best high school player in or around Philadelphia. Heck, Joe had been that player at Bartram High School in the 1970s. But now the program needed a little boost, and maybe Joe could provide it. I know all about the boost that the program needed then. The year that Joe came back to LaSalle, 1993, was the same year I started at LaSalle myself as a freshman. Eventually, I started covering the team for the student newspaper. I got to know Speedy Morris well, and I met Joe Bryant too. But I didn't know anything about Kobe during his first couple of years at Lower Marion. Nobody really did. Which is kind of weird when you think about it. I mean, you'd think it would be a big story, right? It had all the elements. A once great basketball player was now coaching at his old school in his hometown, and his son was a rising star at a local high school. Except it wasn't a big story, because at the time, there was really only one person in the entire media market who recognized that it was a story at all, Jeremy Treatman. Here he is talking about a 16-year-old Kobe Bryant for a segment on the Inquirer High School Sports Show. Kobe Bryant has a maturity not seen in most 16-year-old superstars. He credits that to the strength of his family, especially his relationship with his father, former LaSalle and 76er star Joe Bryant. Joe Jellybean Bryant, a popular hometown hero, was a two-time At this point, in 1993, Jeremy was still coaching at Akiba Hebrew, where he and Joe had met and become friends. But he was also working as a freelance reporter for the biggest newspaper in Pennsylvania and the biggest media outlet in the entire Delaware Valley, the paper I work for now, the Philadelphia Inquirer. As a reporter, Jeremy covered a bunch of Lower Marion's games during Kobe's freshman and sophomore years, and he wrote a bunch of stories about those games, talking to Kobe and Greg Downer after every one, getting to be friends with both of them. But he couldn't persuade his editors at the Inquirer to let him do what he wanted to do, a big blowout feature 
all about this rising local basketball phenomenon, Kobe Bryant. Jeremy says they were more interested in focusing on players from the city's public and Catholic leagues, and he couldn't understand why they were missing this obvious story that was staring them in the face. There's two levels of, of the frustration there. One was among my friends and general public didn't believe me when I was telling them about Kobe. But the second level of frustration was worse. My editor at the time wouldn't give me the opportunity to write about him, and I pitched him in ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade. And by the end of 11th grade, he had come around, but he ended up giving it to another writer, Chris Markaitis, and his exact word was, it's Chris's beat. He's our, he's our high school basketball writer. And I remember, it was in a meeting in front of many, many people. I said, I've been pitching this for three years. He said, it's Chris's beat. That was his exact word. Jeremy was crushed. This was going to be the first big story ever about a kid Jeremy knew was going to be huge. In his mind, he was the logical choice to cover Kobe. Nobody on the staff knew him or Joe or Greg Downer better. But Jeremy did catch a break. The editor told him that the Inquirer was starting a TV show devoted entirely to high school sports. And I was like, oh my God, I've been waiting for this all my life. I'm 28 years old. This is it. And this is like TV on air. I go, yep, it's going to be on Fox or Channel 17 or wherever it was on. And they said, well, okay, well, you're the guy who's supposed to know high schools. Uh, if, if you had to pitch one story to us, this guy, Sean Docker, he said, if you had to pitch one story to us, what would it be? I said, well, there's this guy with a 3.5, with a good SAT, a good grading school in the country. He speaks Italian and Spanish. His dad played in the NBA. And I believe he's the best player in the country. And he, they, he, the first thing he said was, when do we meet him? And I was like, I, I found my place. How so long is in the 10th grade, uh, Coach Downer and myself were watching him one day, and after a game, uh, he just said to me, he goes, does anybody realize that the next Michael Jordan is in our gym? Uh, he was in the gym at 6 o'clock in the morning as a high school kid. Uh, he always was the last one to leave. He stayed extra to shoot like 500 jump shots. Uh, he was very focused. We had a couple practices that were canceled. He was Now Jeremy had an outlet to tell the world what he knew they needed to know. The one big thing that he felt had become his mantle to carry. Kobe Bryant was going to be one of the best basketball players the world had ever seen. And in his junior year at Lower Merion, Kobe started to show everyone just that. Because he spent the entire summer of 1994 doing pretty much nothing but playing basketball, he came back to school a little bigger, a little stronger, a little smarter, his skills more refined. The Aces lost their first game, then won 21 games in a row. Kobe ended up averaging more than 31 points a game. He had 40 points in one game, 42 in another. An opposing coach said, if you hold Kobe to 15 points, you'll win by 30. Kobe read that comment and took it as a slight against his teammates. So when it came time to play that school, he spent all night passing the ball to those teammates. He ended up with 15 points and 17 assists, and Lower Marion won by 22. 
Mike Egan was in his first season as one of Greg Downer's assistants, and he couldn't believe what he was seeing from Kobe. I knew he was good, but, you know, he's a, I guess he's a 16-year-old kid at that time. He just turned 16. Um, and then every day he would do something in practice, and I, I would look at the other coaches and we'd say, can you believe that? I mean, it could be something as simple as, you know, a move he made on the baseline. He had a really strange habit his junior year. He kept working on this move on the baseline and he kept stepping out of bounds. And, you know, we'd blow the whistle, you're out of bounds. We, you know, what are you doing? And then he started getting closer and closer. It was just it, kind of a weird story about him just trying to, you know, he knew that the highest level of basketball is about uh, inches and margins and just how close can I get to that edge without going over it. Guy Stewart was a senior on that team, one of its leaders. But he wasn't the leader, and he kind of knew it. Kobe was the real leader of that team. He was very demanding. He was very serious on the court. He wanted you to play your role and do it great. He pushed you. Um, every practice, he he never took off a practice. He was always challenging his teammates. You know, we would play these games where, you know, we would have to guard him and, and he would, he would, the way he played, like he didn't care who you were. He didn't care if you were his teammate in practice or not. He was going to go at you because in his mind, he's like, if I can challenge you and, and, and into guarding me better, you can guard anybody. You know, if, if, if I'm pushing everybody to be better, we're all going to be better as a team. And, and, and that was kind of like his mindset, right? He's going to push everybody. He's going to push himself because the ultimate goal is, is to win a championship and to win games. The Aces won a lot of games in Kobe's junior season. They went 26-5. and five. They won the Central League title. They made it all the way to the district championship game. Lower Marion hadn't won a district championship in years. And now here were Kobe and his teammates, about to play at DuPont Pavilion on the campus of Villanova University. And the arena was packed and loud. And everybody had forgotten that the team had gone 4-20 just a couple of years earlier. It was an amazing turnaround. There was just one problem. Lower Marion was about to play the Chester High School Clippers. And Chester had the best high school basketball program in Pennsylvania. Just the year before, the Clippers had won the state championship, the third in the school's history. They've won five more since. Terry Tuohy has covered Chester basketball for 40 years for the Delaware County Daily Times. Basketball is everything in the city of Chester. It's it's their pro team. It's their Sixers, Flyers, Eagles, or whatever. Not that they're not Sixers, Flyers, or Eagles fans, but you know they live and die with the Clippers on the basketball court. The city of Chester itself could not have been more unlike Lower Marion Township. Of the 40,000 people who lived there, 80% were black. It had a history of redlining, blockbusting, and political corruption. Drug markets cropped up in the 1980s. By the mid-1990s, Chester had seen a huge drop in population and prosperity. 
The search is on to find whoever shot and killed a 13-year-old boy and injured two adults in Chester. And two suspects, meantime, are under arrest right now in a deadly shooting that was caught on camera in Chester. Take a look. Police in Chester are searching for a gunman after one man is killed and another is hurt in a shooting. Gunfire erupted just after six last night on the. It was the poorest city in Pennsylvania, and the second most dangerous city in America. According to my newspaper, the Philadelphia Inquirer, between the years 2000 and 2014, Chester averaged 53 homicides per 100,000 people, the highest rate of any city in the country. Basketball was the one unifying institution there. It was the one thing that made everyone in Chester proud. It's kind of too diametrically different areas and obviously you know chester is a you know for lack of a better term a you know the depressed city economically lower marion is an affluent suburban community that has a little more you know finances behind it than chester i think the two biggest sports in chester for a lot of years were basketball and baseball i mean i think at one time the city of chester had produced more major league baseball players than any other city but you know it's it's something that you know on the playgrounds it's it's huge you know you go down to memorial park in chester and there used to be you know leagues down there in the summertime and pickup games that were just hellacious chester has been a a state power at, at the high school level since the early 19 early to mid 1950s and it's just you know basketball is a city game and Chester, you know, being a, being a city at one time, a thriving city that had, you know, factories and things like that, that just kind of manifested into the, the sport of choice. The Clippers had at least eight guys, maybe more, who could start on any high school team in the state. Lower Marion had, well, Lower Marion had Kobe. And Lower Marion didn't have a chance. The final score was Chester 77 Lower Marion, 50. Here's Aces coach Greg Downer again. What I make of it is we're not ready. Uh, You know, we've got to grow some more. We've got much more work to do. And I think it was uh, uh, some growing pains for us. Win the Central League, compete for the district title, make some noise in states. And a 27-point loss in the district final, maybe that's not even competing for for the district title. And... We got bounced a little bit early versus Hazleton in, in the in the state quarters, and you know it, it was a progression. And you know I didn't have the sense that that we could win the whole thing, Kobe's junior year, because I really was just in awe as to how good Chester was. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
That loss to Chester stung Cody, but not as much as the one that ended Lower Merion's season a few days later, to Hazleton in the second round of the state playoffs. The game was tied late in regulation. Let's let defensive coordinator Mike Egan set the scene. We had the ball with a tie game, under 10 seconds left, and Kobe, you know, we had what we wanted. We had the ball in, in, in Kobe's hand in the middle of the court. Um, he went to the basket, and um, Coach's son stripped Kobe and went down. And um, I don't know if he didn't get the shot off, but he didn't make the, the shot. Could have lost the game right there. Instead, they lost in overtime. No district championship, no state championship. It was the final high school game for the team's seniors. The locker room afterward was sad and as silent as a church. Kobe was the last guy to speak there. Um, and he started to say something and then he just started to cry and started just kept saying, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and crying. And uh, it was just a fascinating look at him because he, um, you know, he sometimes come off as, as being an arrogant guy or a cocky guy or, uh, um, you know, a lot of things he really wasn't. He was just a great, great teammate. And he felt, um, you know, as the leader of the team, as the best player on the team, he should have found a way for us to win that night. Um, no one else felt that way, obviously. But uh... During that roundtable at Greg Downer's house last fall, I asked him what the hardest part about coaching Kobe was. We often don't think about star athletes in those terms. We assume that it must be easy to coach them because they're so talented and because everything comes so naturally to them. But that's not always true. In fact, it's rarely true. Expectations start to increase. People start to pay more attention to you and your team. Everything starts to become more important. Greg, his brother Drew, and Mike Egan batted the question around for a while. What's the, uh, the limelight, the internalized pressure, the distractions? And, you know, I said, like, we're, we're one Kobe sprained ankle away from not winning the Central League. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the expectation... That sounds like, that sounds like you. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the expectation as time went on, coming off of 95, was kind of... State title or bust, but I think we worried about whether he could handle all the exposure. We always worry about whether he would get caught up in that. Kobe, yeah, lose his focus. He never did, but he always never did. I would say, Greg, you really there was a lot of pressure on you. Right, Greg's a young guy, he's a young coach. He's got this prodigy who's now, you know, top five, top three, top player in the country, and. You know, that that was hard. And it was only going to get harder over the following year. For Kobe, for his family, for Greg Downer, for everyone affiliated with the Lower Marion Boys basketball program. Think about it. Here's Kobe Bryant, just as his junior season is ending. He's emerging as one of the best high school basketball players in the country maybe the best. His father is coaching at a local Division I college that is desperate to recruit a player of Kobe's caliber to return its basketball program to glory. Meanwhile, next year, Kobe's high school team is going to be considered one of the favorites to win a district championship 
and or a state championship, which means young Kobe Bryant is caught in the middle of a whole mess of expectations and forces and agendas and opinions. If Lower Marion doesn't win a state championship, people will say that Kobe's overrated, that he's just a selfish gunner who isn't really that good. But there are still plenty of people out there who don't believe Lower Marion is all that good even with Kobe. There are still plenty of people out there doubting Kobe Bryant. And make no mistake, he hears every single one of them. I can remember getting into an argument with one of the teachers at the school. Now that it's like a substitute teacher, his name is Mr. Collins. And uh, this is when I was a junior. We were about to start the playoffs, and he's coming up to me, he's talking all this trash, and he's like, we just lost a testament. And uh, he's like, y'all never will win a state championship. Do you honestly think you're going to win a state championship? I'm like, yes. He's like, be here all you want, you will never win a state championship. It's a simple fact. Too many good players out there, too many great teams out there, you will never ever win. You see, I'm like, man, you're wrong. I'm like, I'm gonna tell you, watch. Just watch. That's next week on I Am Kobe. I Am Kobe is a production of Diversion Podcasts in association with iHeartRadio. This season is written and hosted by me, Mike Sealski. It's produced by Jacob Bronstein and directed by Mark Francis. Story editing by Jacob Bronstein with editorial direction from Scott Waxman. Editing, mixing, and sound design by Mark Francis. Stephen Tompkins is our production assistant. Our theme music is Create Yourself by Grover Brown, featuring Justin Starling. Find Create Yourself wherever you stream music. Music supervisor is Scott Velasquez for Freesound Sync. Executive producers are Mark Francis and Scott Waxman. Join the conversation about I Am Kobe on social media. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at Diversion Pods. Thanks to Oren Rosenbaum, Susan Canavan, and Jeremy Treatment. Hey, look. I rise before the sun They don't understand when I say the grind is fun Never clock out even when my work is done If they trying to block me, I might hurt someone Through the blood, sweat, and tears, we persevere Stay killing it, let it keep the hearses near If they don't believe in themselves, they revert to fear Now the champ is here, so I'm telling them That's my ambition The reason why my work's so damn different To the negatives, I can listen See me at the top, you can listen I'ma mold the clay like cash is See, I pay my dues plus taxes Gotta work ethic and grind ahead of its time If someone say that they made you, tell them you create yourself I'm the best you finna watch us, boy It's about that time You gotta stay clocked in, break by break We create ourselves. Watch me, watch me, create myself Shot clock, time's up, create yourself Nice, go hard, create yourself. Gotta learn from the great minds. No, we ain't lying, tell them that it's game time. This talent wasn't given, it was made. The future, anytime I can change. Better tell them that I made it back home. As I walk through the halls of the fame, I came from the valley of the shadow of death. Waiting for a silver spoon, don't hold your breath. Same town, same dream, but I did it with less. I know who I'm meant to be, so there's nothing to guess. Yeah, there's nothing to guess. 
It's our time, tell them we up next We don't got any regrets I did it with my two hands and we never forget That's my ambition The reason why my work's so damn different To the negatives I can Listen, see me at the top, you can Listen, for real Rebuild Reshape, give it your all, you got to risk take. Do it now, and I'm saying, why wait? If someone say that they made you, tell them you create yourself. Oh, the best you finna watch us, but it's about that time. You gotta stay packed in, break by break. We create ourselves. Watch me, watch me, create myself. Shack time's up, create yourself. Lay nice. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.